Well, you know, one of the things that we start with and give guidance on for every one of these chapters is what is your mindset when you're going into this? Mm-hmm. So what attitude do I want to bring? Am I Have I allowed this to go on so much that I'm now at the point of anger and frustration and I'm going to be tempted to lash out? recognizing how we also hate to be approached that way. The person you're going to talk to is not going to have a positive response to that. So the question to ask yourself right from the get-go is how can I share this information in a way that respects the other person and yet also addresses the concern that I have? everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey here with you just as we are each and every week with another amazing, amazing guest that's going to absolutely edify your knowledge base and really is going to help you to radically change your mindset and your tactics, your skills in communication so that you can reach even more people. You can be heard and understood while hearing and understanding the other people, the prospects, (laughs) the clients, the people you work with, the team, and even in your personal life and your own relationships. We have with us today, Meredith Bell from growstrongleaders.com. You need to check that out. Let's bring in Meredith because we are excited to jump in. Meredith, welcome to the None of Your Business podcast. Oh, thank you so much for that great welcome. I'm so excited about our conversation today. Really looking forward to it. So this is not necessarily part of what you said to talk about, <laughs> but but um, we all begin the podcast with this similar question. And I'm super excited about this because you have been an entrepreneur since 1982. That's like a lot of people that just wake up and decide they're an an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. You've been an (laughs) entrepreneur since 1982. That's extremely impressive. This is probably, in 1982, you probably would tell someone, like, I'm interested to know, what did you tell people you did? Because if you said entrepreneur in 1982, they were like, what is that? Um, And um, what is your story, that journey that brings you to where you are today? The reason why I asked Meredith is because everybody thinks whenever they see someone who's successful that, well, that's because Meredith, you know, she's super lucky, super fortunate, has a ton of money. You know, me, I'm different. You know, I, my, I have issues in my life and that's why I can't be like her. And what we found is that our guests have very interesting creation stories and journeys that lead them to where they are that a lot of people really can relate with. So what's yours? That's such a great way to start because this should be encouraging to all of your listeners. I had never had a business course in my life when I started my journey. I was a teacher and was in the public school system, found that I was bored doing the same lessons. So I got my master's, moved into school board office administration 
And then I realized, gosh, I don't do bureaucracy and politics very well either. In fact, not at all. So the theme that had run through that I really enjoyed was interacting with people. I love training the teachers. I just felt like I was a, a teacher and a trainer at heart. And so I thought, what is it I really liked the most? And it was how people interact with each other. And so I just decided that I was going to figure out how to start a business where I could work with companies, small ones at that time, to help the owners and their teams play more nicely together. And so that's what I did. I, uh, back then, of course, there was no internet. So I was reading books, studying, listening to cassette tapes at the time, just to figure out how do I get myself out there? I really didn't understand sales and marketing. There was so much I had to learn, but what I had that was, I think, a core element was confidence in myself that I could figure this out. And so the way I marketed myself was to actually speak to groups. And so I used the skills that I had to get in front of people who could then decide, wow, she's got some important things to say. Let's bring her on. So that's how it all started. And in that journey, I went from being a solo consultant. And then in 1990, met uh, Denny Coates, who became my business partner. And at the time that he and I decided to merge our companies, we brought in a third person, Paula, and the three of us have now worked together for over 30 years. So that's been a journey in itself. Uh, those of uh, your listeners who have a business partner or other folks on a team that have to work well together, you know, it's not always easy. And so I've learned and grown over the years. We've kind of grown older together as we've worked together. And what we do now is actually in the early 90s, we made another major shift to become a software company so that we wanted to reach more people, not just individually delivering training programs, but work on assessment and development tools that could reach more people. So my role is still in this arena of teaching people how to best use our tools so that they can have greater success and get greater results. I love it. So I have two two questions that come to mind. Number one, Meredith, um, very early on, you said you were reading a lot of books. There wasn't, you know, you weren't on the internet searching people or seeing social media content. So who were some individuals or or people that you followed and read uh, that were pivotal in your growth as an entrepreneur? Well, this won't surprise you. Think and Grow Rich was the first one of course. in terms of getting my mindset right, because I knew that it was more than just figuring out how to market, how to sell. And of course, I wanted to elevate my speaking skills too. So I joined National Speakers Association. I started learning more and connecting with folks that were in that arena. So it was kind of a multifaceted approach. Um, I read a number of books related to, to selling too, that some of which felt manipulative. So we won't talk about those in particular. I was looking for ones that were really aligned with who I was, what my values were, and what I'd be comfortable with. And so I think Think and Grow Rich helped with that because it was this idea of really visualizing myself the way I wanted to be, but also that focus on service, 
what can I provide that will really bring service to another person? So I think those were some key. Um, that book was probably fundamental to my overall growth and development. And of course, over the years, I've, I don't even know how many books I've read and studied. I'm an avid learner, continuing to grow and learn. And, and probably one of the most recent ones that's influenced me is called The Ultimate Coach about Steve Hardison, because it's all about who are you being in this moment. And to me, that's the most critical aspect of building relationships and showing up with others in a way that's of service to them. Meredith Bell, she can be found at growstrongleaders.com. Two books are available on Amazon. First book is called Connect With Your Team. The second is Peer Coaching Made Simple. Also has a phenomenal podcast that you can access on all of the podcasting platforms. Uh, we were blessed to be on her podcast not too long ago. Mm -hmm. It's a phenomenal podcast that everybody should tune into. Let's talk about the book, Connect With Your Team. The Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. That's the subtitle. So I'm wondering, what are the top 10 communication skills this sounds like something that everybody needs all need to communicate more effectively i think that the the core source of just about all conflict is not having effective communication so how phenomenal that you have written an instruction manual for the world to be able to connect and again not just with your team but with anybody, if you can master these skills, let's let's begin by well, diving into this. Before you do that, I just have to say, like, obviously, Meredith is an expert to be in a business partnership for 30 years, right? We always talk about how partnerships are just as difficult as marriages. And when they go bad, they're just as bad as divorces. So mm -hmm. anybody that's been able to maintain a successful partnership for 30 years has to be really good at communication. Yes. So tell us about the top 10 skills. You know, it's so funny. Um, I think it what really has allowed us to maintain the strong relationship that we have is our ability to communicate. Uh, the, all three of us have have honed these skills over the year. We, and, and, you know, just to reassure folks, we're still learning. You know, we still make mistakes, but recognizing that we have the right intent. I think rather than trying to list all 10, because that can be a little overwhelming, I want to chunk them. Number okay. one is listening, which to me is the fundamental skill of all of the communication skills. And unfortunately, many folks think I'm a pretty good listener, but most of us are simply waiting for our turn to talk. And so that's not as effective. Another area is one of asking questions. So we have skills in there around coaching people to think for themselves, helping them learn from their experiences, all of which is to get people to not look to you as the person who provides all the answers. Because too often business owners can get caught up in responding to all the questions that people have. And the more we can help them learn that they are very effective problem solvers. They just need to tap into their own abilities. It saves us a tremendous amount of time. Another area is feedback. And we have three separate chapters on that. We have how to give positive feedback because no one gets enough appreciation expressed to them. How to 
give constructive feedback in a way that the person feels supported and not being blamed and jumped on. And then how to receive feedback because it's too often easy to get defensive. And the other ones relate to dialogue, um, where you're trying to understand another person's point of view, resolving conflict, and how to really encourage someone when they have had a setback or feeling down. I love them, Meredith. And there's so many ways we could go, things that we can dive in. But I think what sticks out for me the most, because a lot of our listeners are service providers and they have a huge service heart. And so oftentimes that means that when they have to talk to somebody or give feedback to somebody, especially a team member or a significant other, um, or, I've a noticed, client, or a client, oh, especially a client, I notice that there is this tendency to kind of tiptoe around what they really want to say in fear of actually hurting somebody's feelings. So I want to start with give feedback constructively. If you could give us a little bit more context around that, especially for somebody that has that big heart. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that we start with and give guidance on for every one of these chapters is what is your mindset when you're going into this? Hmm. So what attitude do I want to bring? Am I, have I allowed this to go on so much that I'm now at the point of anger and frustration and I'm going to be tempted to lash out? Recognizing how we also hate to be approached that way, the person you're going to talk to is not going to have a positive response to that. So the question to ask yourself right from the get-go is how can I share this information in a way that respects the other person and yet also addresses the concern that I have. And so choosing the timing is very important. You don't want to talk to someone if emotions are high, either yours or theirs, because they're not likely to be in a position to be able to hear and receive what you're saying. So number one is check your own attitude and feelings and then look at what is it that I need to convey? What specifically has happened? And what is it I need to have as a result of sharing this feedback? What is it I want them to agree to do? So you have this clarity up front before you bring up the, um, the situation. And we always recommend starting with a positive. Let's say you've had, you overheard, let's say an employee who spoke impatiently to a customer. And so normally they, they don't have that kind of an issue. And so if you need to address it with them, you could say, hey, Jack, I happened to overhear you talking to Mrs. Jones and I noticed that um, you know, your, your tone of voice caused her to, to react defensively. Normally you're so concerned about the uh, customers and you show a lot of patience and you're cheerful and upbeat. Today was different. And so I'm curious what was going on for you? What was happening? Because I'm going to pause there with this scenario. You don't want to make assumptions about someone or accuse them of, of thinking or being, you don't quite, you don't know what their motive is. And so it's important to find out maybe they had a, a terrible thing happen at home before they came into work that you have no idea about. 
And so pausing to give them an opportunity to describe what may have happened before you came on the scene or what may have happened to them earlier in the day allows them to feel like they have the opportunity to be heard and staying calm throughout all of this. Because it's not about you, it's about this situation that didn't go the way you hoped it would. And so giving very specific feedback is really important. If you know what the person said firsthand, then you can bring that up. And after you've described what it is they did, then you want to talk about, here's what I would like in the future, or here's what we need to see happen in the future, and get them to commit to it. Are you willing to do that? Are you um, committed to doing this? And if they hesitate, you can simply say, well, what is it you need from me? You know, how can I be of help? So that they don't feel like you're across the table from them, but that you're sitting next to them in this with them. And I think that's a really important perspective to have because what you're looking for is a change in behavior. And so thinking about how do we get to that is an important aspect of really coaching someone to, to be the way you want them to be. Well, that's fantastic as far as we're going to move into accepting feedback graciously. But before we do that, um, someone who has not read your book or not listened to your podcast or maybe not heard this episode of our podcast, they might not be that gracious in accepting your feedback. And so <laughs> what are some, some, some tips that we can do? We're trying to follow this methodology, but the other person is like, I mean, there, you, we all know the person that always has the excuse your fault or so what do we do when the other person's not being that gracious about receiving our gracious constructive criticism right and that can certainly happen it does happen because no matter how hard we try to get our own selves ready right that we can't control how that other person is responding and so i think one of the key things is reminding yourself to stay calm stay neutral so that you don't react negatively and emotionally and escalate the situation. And just, you know, sometimes we're just not honest with each other. And so if you're noticing the person being defensive, you can say, gosh, it sounds like you're, you're kind of defensive about this. I'm getting these, this negative reaction from you. And I'm just curious, where's that coming from? What's going on? so that you're inviting them to share with you and you're not pushing back, which would escalate the situation. I think curiosity and calmness are two good C words to keep in mind when you have someone who's reacting in a defensive way. In fact, one of the ways to set the stage before you even bring it up is to ask them, you know, I'd like to discuss with you the situation that happened earlier with this person um, is now a good time because they may have, you know, have, have something going on where they can't really be present with you. And so I think that's the first thing is again, being proactive to set the stage as positively as possible and then to stay calm and don't get hooked into emotions when someone's reacting negatively and just address it, asking questions and again, reinforcing you know, I'm with you in this, you know, I want us to come to an agreement so they don't feel like they're being attacked. 
some people are going to feel that way anyway, but we can manage ourselves in a way that we can feel confident we're not intentionally coming across that way. Well, those are two powerful points. I mean, I think that we've all probably given feedback when we were in an emotional state and then it doesn't come back as feedback. It comes back as attacking, right? So I think that's vitally important in communication. And then I love the idea of, you know, kind of asking not for permission, but setting the stage. I know so many people say, Meredith, we need to have a conversation after this shift. Can you imagine what that feels (laughs) like? That's not like, then you're like, what are we going to talk about? What is she going to say? What is going to happen? But being able to say, hey, I want to talk to you later about what happened earlier gives that individual some space to think about also how they're going to react, right? So then they can take control of their emotions versus going to something emotionally. So that leads us to the next point that you have that I love, which is accept feedback voraciously. So if I'm the receiver of feedback, Meredith, how do I accept it graciously and what do I do next? Well, I will tell you that this is so important for leaders because if we can learn to model with people that it's okay to make mistakes and we can own what we've done, it just sets a whole different tone. So the big thing is to ask for it proactively, to go up to people and basically say, what's one thing I could do differently that would make a difference in how you feel about working here in a positive way? So that we're checking out, you know, what what could I do to be a better leader for you, a better coworker, better spouse for you? I mean, these are questions we can ask anyone who spends a lot of time with us. And so now if they are, whether they've come to us or we've asked this question and we're now in the moment of receiving this information, the mindset we want to have is I have an opportunity to learn something here. This person is taking a risk to share with me some information. So how can I respond in a way that helps them feel safe, feel respected, and that I welcome this input? So to invite it is one aspect. And if somebody says, hey, can I talk to you about something? Again, checking to see, can I give this person my full attention right now? And if not, be honest and say, could we make it in 15 minutes? I'm in the middle of something right now and I want to be able to give you my full attention. So again, checking the timing. Once you've said yes, then what you want to do is adopt a listening mode. And also the curiosity factor is really valuable here because instead of feeling judged, taking it personally, getting our egos wrapped around, which sets us up to try to defend and justify and explain, set all that aside and ask yourself, what is this person saying to me? What is it they need from me that they didn't get? And so after you've listened to them express what they had to say, the simplest thing you can say, two words, you don't have to remember a whole script, two words, thank you. Thank you for telling me about this. I really appreciate it. I didn't know, you know, I have a blind spot here. And so I really appreciate your bringing this to my attention. Can you imagine how the other person will feel if they hear those words from you? 
because think about what they went through in order to come and talk to you about this. It took courage for them. They probably were rehearsing in their mind what they wanted to say, how they wanted to say it. And now they've said it and they're not getting any pushback. They're not getting an explanation. They're simply getting an acknowledgement. And if it warrants it, also apologize. Hey, I apologize for what I said. I had no idea it came across that way to you. And <clears throat> I will make sure I watch myself in the future. You can also give the other person permission to bring up to you if, if they see you repeating this mistake. And you can give them permission. You say, gosh, if you see me do that again, please bring it to my attention. That is not my intent to ever say anything that could embarrass or hurt you. Being willing to apologize, for some reason, many leaders see this as weakness. They see it as somehow giving up their authority, their power. But I will tell you, this is a bridge building effect. When we're willing to own up to the fact that we're not perfect, for one thing, it gains a respect in the eyes of others. And for another is it makes others feel safe that they don't have to try to hide their mistakes from us because they sense that we're okay with them being human because we've shown that we're human. And if we've made a big mistake, another thing to do is simply ask, what can I do to make this right? You know, I value our relationship. I want this to work well. And so what can I do to make this right? Imagine how that would feel for one of your employees or one of your clients or customers to hear that from you, that you care enough to want to make it right. Huge difference in terms of the outcome and the long-term feelings that happen. I have one more question. We're going to go backwards on the, the list because the fundamental key or recommendation for effective communication was listening. And, and I'm hearing that through both of these two parts, accepting and, and, and giving feedback. Um, you still have to be a wonderful listener. And I think that a lot of people, as we said earlier, think they're great listeners. So I, I can't let you go without you defining. What does that mean? Because everybody thinks they're a good listener. I mean, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And everybody that can hear, hears. And they're like, I hear but that doesn't mean you're really comprehending, giving attention to, understanding, um, being, being empathetic to. How do you define that? And do you have any tips for anybody who wants to be even better at it? Well, you just captured uh, the essence of listening with some of the words you just said, like empathy and understanding. When we want someone to listen to us, we really want them to get us. We want them to get our message. We want them to value what it is we're saying. And so uh, there are a number of things that we can do that are simple, but not easy because our brains these days, especially seem like we flit around, we have trouble focusing. So making the decision that there's a listening moment here. Someone is trying to tell me something be aware of that and be willing to give them your undivided full attention. And if you're not able to do that, to let them know. 
because if you are trying to do something else, whether it's, you know, typing or writing or looking at your phone or anything else where you're not giving them your attention, I promise you, you're going to miss something that they're saying. And the other important thing with listening is it's not just about the words the person is saying. If we have the visual component, like in person or on a Zoom meeting, we want to pay attention to the overall body language too. You know, what's their facial expression and also their tone of voice because someone can say, oh, I'm fine. We've heard that from our teenage kids, right? I'm fine. We know that's not con congruent with the words and how they're saying it. So getting the full message and then setting that intention that I really want to make sure I understand what this person is trying to convey to me. And so that means shutting off the distractions that may be running in your head and really focusing on what you hear the person saying, and then not being a parrot and repeating word for word, but in your own words, convey what you understand them to try to say. It sounds like you're frustrated. So you're identifying the emotion they're feeling in addition to the message they're sending. That is huge. So few people do that well, that when a person senses another human being is truly listening and tuned into them, it, it goes an amazing distance for, for forming a bond that isn't easily broken. Love it. Love it. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so great. Such great advice and insight <laughs> for all of our listeners out there. I think it's super applicable into your business and into your life. Yeah, it was, yes, nothing more to say there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the t Mastering the Top 10 Communication Skills. You can find that in Connect With Your Team. The other book is Peer Coaching Made Simple. Obviously, you can tell from this time that we spent with Meredith that she can be of extreme use there as well. But imagine leveraging these same concepts, right, to then draw out the best in other people. Um, and that goes along with growstrongleaders.com. So you can find Meredith at growstrongleaders.com. That's where you can then connect, see the books, down, uh, buy, purchase the books at Amazon, and then make sure that you connect with Meredith on her podcast. She puts out a phenomenal podcast with phenomenal guests as well. With all of this um, wonderful experience, because I think that's one thing. Um, we live in a world that is super fast-paced, that everybody's looking for that silver bullet, and it's oftentimes um, overlooked um, some, someone or someone's people who have endured. You know, we're right now in the world living through a time of uncertainty relative to the economic future. And I'm seeing all of these, you know, what to do in a recession. Well, um, when you have historical patterns that repeat, much can be gained by going back and finding people that have been through this. I mean, Meredith, you've been successful through recessions. So you start putting out all your how to recession proof your business stuff <laughs> or, or um, simply people could check in with you, could connect with you and start learning from you because you have um, proven yourself over time. Um, that your message is true, that you market and sell from a place of integrity, you've stayed in business, you have um, managed to grow your business through this time. It's a wonderful testament to who you are and the content that you are putting out. So we appreciate you, Meredith, for appreciate being on the you. show. 
Thank you. It was such a pleasure to be with both of you. You asked great questions and I'm so glad I could share what I've been learning over the years. Well, thank you for sharing with us so that we can all continue to learn. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show as well. And for all of you, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. We've had so many wonderful reviews. I always tell people, it doesn't matter when people have a podcast. I'm telling you, the hosts, the producers, the people involved, they read the reviews. Um, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of, of what we're doing. Let us know if there's someone that you want to see on the show in the future. We'd be happy to reach out um, and put them on the show with us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back again next week, as we are every single week, with a brand new edition of The None of Your Business Podcast.